about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God. To begin with, in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoke, spoken to him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarah, Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh, and the Canaanites were then in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. And it came to pass, when he was close to entering Egypt, that he said to Sarai his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore it will happen when the Egyptians see you, that they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, and that I may live because of you. So it was when Abram went into Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman, that she was very beautiful. The princes of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. He treated Abram well for her sake. He had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys and camels. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say, She is my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now therefore, here is your wife. Take her and go your way. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. Verses 1 through 20, all of Genesis chapter 12. Father, we thank you once again for the wonderful gift of your word. Thank you for the ways in which your word from Genesis to Revelation is a powerful gift that ministers to our minds, bodies, and spirits. Your word which blesses us in so many ways as we simply take time to open your word and spend time one-on-one -on -one with you as you speak words of life, words of blessing, words of empowerment, words of grace into our lives. Father, more and more, open our minds and our hearts and our understanding to see what a powerful gift your word is and help us to be wise enough to fill our hearts and our minds and our lives with your word 
and walk in its power, its wisdom, its grace each and every day. More and more, teach us and empower us to do just that. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Father, we join the psalmist in saying, You have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Father, we exalt your name today. We lift high your holy name. We're thankful that you as an everlasting God sent your Son to die on the cross so that we might have everlasting life. What a hope we have. What a comfort we have day by day amidst all the turmoil and, and chaos of life. We rest in you. We lean on you today, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. Father, thank you, Lord, for every person listening now. Thank you for your hand of grace upon each and every individual. Thank you for the unique calling and just the unique work you've done in the heart and life of every person. Father, Lord, reach through this broadcast today and do a mighty and a special work in the heart of every listener. Help us more and more to grow in our, in our desire to fill our minds and our hearts with your powerful word. Help us to recognize more and more that your word is so important to our lives, whether we grasp that or not, that your word ministers to us, it empowers us, it nourishes us, it equips us to live the best life we possibly can live. More and more, help us to grow an understanding of the wonderful gift your word is to us and help us to be wise enough to fill our hearts and our minds and our whole lives more and more with the wonderful word of God. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Today, specifically, we're looking at the topic, Genesis, the Book of Beginnings. And, you know, I want to share some interesting and empowering truths about the book of Genesis. Genesis is a fascinating book. It's a beautiful book. It's a powerful book. But it's also helpful to understand what the book of Genesis is and what it's not. Genesis is the first book, obviously, in the 66 books of the Bible. And it's the book God chose to introduce his whole word to all of us. And, you know, as we look at Genesis, Genesis chapter 1 is the chapter God used to introduce the whole book of Genesis as well as the rest of the Bible to us. And remember, amongst other things, you can think of the Bible as, as an autobiography. It's a book by God about God from Genesis to Revelation. And so God, in his wisdom and grace, chooses to introduce his book, his autobiography, by explaining how he created the heavens and the earth. And so at this time, I'm going to take time to read Genesis chapter 1. And I want to remind you, I want to encourage you to make, it this, make this your goal. Read uh, the book of Genesis often. You're wise to read it often because, again, it's God's eternal book, the Bible, that he gave to us. And this is the introductory chapter, and he chooses to introduce his book by introducing to us the creation story, but also how he, in his power and his glory and his might, created all of creation as well. And so Genesis chapter 1, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Before I read Genesis 1, I'm going to actually share an article, and then we'll go into Genesis. But I want you to keep this important truth in mind. Again, the Bible is God's book. So we're going to share briefly share an article, and then I want to read Genesis chapter 1 for you. The article is entitled, 
What if God wrote a book? And keep in mind, uh, God obviously did write a book. And so, but this is an article, once again, if you'd like to get a copy, simply email us at joseph at afr.net. I encourage you to get these articles because they're meant to be discipleship tools for you and your family to use, but also for you to share with others. Again, the title of this article, What If God Wrote a Book? What if God wrote a book? What would he say? What would he tell us about himself? What would he want to share with the world? What would he say about life? Would he explain all the greatest mysteries of life and of the universe? Would he try to answer all of our questions? Would he try to answer any of our questions? If God wrote a book, would you read it? Would you make it a top priority to find out what the creator of the universe had to say? Would you decide that the creator of all men and women on earth must have something important to communicate to his creation? Or would you say, I have no interest in what he has to say? I like this or that author or his or her writing, but I'm not into religion. Well, God did write a book. We call it the Bible, and we call it the written word of God. The Bible is a top-selling book. In fact, it's the best-selling book in the world. It is, in fact, the the best-selling book of all time. According to the Guinness World Book of Records, as of 1995, the Bible is the best-selling nonfiction book of all time with an estimated 5 billion copies sold and distributed. That's quite an impressive record. And for some who still question the accuracy and inerrancy of the Bible and who might wonder why the Guinness World Book of Records put it in the nonfiction category, we suggest you visit and uh, check out this wonderful presentation by American Family Studios called The God Who Speaks. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to learn more about that when you, uh, when you finish and have opportunity. God used around 40 or so human secretaries to write the Bible. And the Bible is actually one story. It's the story of God who created the universe and how, my, how mankind, part of his creation, fell into sin. And it's the story of how God provided redemption through the death, burial, and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. So of all the good books in the world, none outsell God's book, the Bible. And of all the good books you can read, wouldn't it be wise to read the one written by the one who made you? Wouldn't reading the book written by the creator of the universe be much more productive than simply reading books written by his creatures? For best results, follow the instructions of the manufacturer. Let's be wise enough to listen to the wisdom of the one who made us. He has the words of eternal life. Everyday believers have the opportunity to do all these things with God's word. We can read it, hear it, believe it, speak it, obey it, pray it, and meditate on it. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Reading three chapters in the Bible daily will bless your life a lot. How? The steps you take and the decisions you make in life can have more certain certainty, just like Psalm 119 verse 105 tells us, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Here are 11 excellent ways God's word will light your path in life as you develop the habit of reading the word of God every single day. First, it tells you genuinely how to be saved and how to grow up in your faith. John 3, 16, Psalm 119, verse 105. Next, it gives you clear guidance and direction for much of your life. 
Psalm 119, verse 105. Next, it empowers your prayer life, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It also sharpens your ability to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit more and more clearly in your life as you continue to read and meditate on it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5. Next, it ministers to your mind, body, and spirit, Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 22. Next, it helps you maintain your mental health. According to Dr. Paul Meyer, who indicated that the number one thing you could do to maintain your mental health was read the Bible every single day. And note Proverbs chapter 4. The next insight is it increases God's anointing on every area of your life. See 1 Corinthians 1, 5. Next, it increases your wisdom in every area of your life. Proverbs chapters 1 through 4. Also, Reading the Word daily enhances your intellect and your personality. In fact, reading God's Word daily can literally increase your IQ. Also, reading God's Word daily pours grace, joy, and peace into your spirit, your mind, and your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2, and 2 Timothy 1, 2, and Galatians 5, 22. And finally then, by direct statement or in principle, God's Word gives you guidance and or direction about every issue or topic in life. Psalm 119, verse 105. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17 tells us, and it, and it says so clearly, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity for us to read your word, to hear your word, to obey your word, and to walk and live in the power of your word. With every passing day, help us more and more to, to fall more in love with you and with your word and help us to become much more faithful hearers and doers of your word as well. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. We're looking today at the topic, Genesis, the book of beginnings. We'll be right back. Lincoln Brewster, 
with the song Made New. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We're looking today at the topic, Genesis, the Book of Beginnings. And so to complete the article entitled, What If God Wrote a Book? It goes on to uh, share further about, uh, well, basically sharing a prayer of salvation. If you'd like to know Jesus Christ personally, would like to invite him into your heart, pray this or a similar prayer in order to make that step. And the prayer, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I recognize that I've sinned and done wrong. Forgive me for all the wrong I've done. I do believe that you died on the cross to pay for my sins. And I believe that three days later you rose from the dead so that I could be saved. Thank you, Lord, for loving me enough to die for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Become my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you want me to be. You said in your word that whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord Jesus, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you for saving me. I now confess I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. And then the article finishes with these words. Still have questions? Not ready to make that step of praying that prayer. Maybe you're not ready for that prayer yet. So pray God would give you wisdom so you know in your mind and heart his word is real. His love for you through Jesus is real so that you understand the vital importance of Jesus' work and guide you to salvation and obedience. If you have further questions about this, again, we can read the Gospels. You can go to the Bible for yourself and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And then please visit us. Here my or please email us here. My email is joseph at afr.net. We'd be glad to be in touch with you, communicate with you, and share further insight with you. Again, joseph at afr.net. Again, the title of that article is What If God Wrote a Book? And we're encouraging you, please do email us to get a copy as a reference tool for you and your family and also for you to use to share, to minister to others, saved and unsaved individuals as well. Again, my email, joseph at afr.net. Now reading Genesis chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit, that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind. And the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind, 
and God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth, and it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Verses 1 through 31, all of Genesis chapter 1. Father, thank you again for this glorious chapter, the first chapter in all of your word, the chapter that introduces us both to the book of Genesis and introduces us to the whole Bible. Thank you, Father, for the many insights and the wisdom, the power, the glory, and the grace of Genesis chapter 1. Thank you for being El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Thank you for being our King of kings and our Lord of lords. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Again, I would encourage you as a believer, make it your goal to read Genesis chapter 1 often. Because again, not only is it the chapter that God used to introduce the book of Genesis, and also the chapter he used to introduce the whole Bible as well, but it reminds us of the majesty of God, the power of God, the greatness of God. It reminds us of how big God is. God made billions of stars, and the fact is the universe is still expanding even today. 
God is so much bigger than our minds can even begin to comprehend. And Genesis, again, the whole book is a powerful book in so many ways. Keep in mind, Genesis is 50 chapters. It has four main events. Those include the creation, the fall, the flood, and the scattering of nations. And it basically focuses on four key people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. And keep in mind, the whole Bible is a book of faith. It's a book that teaches us to hear the Word of God, trust the Word of God, and obey the Word of God. A key word in the book of Genesis is beginnings. It's the beginnings of so many, many things. Genesis chapters 1 through 11 tell us basically the story or the history of mankind. Genesis chapters 12 to 50 tell us the story of the Hebrew people in particular, largely starting with uh, a wonderful gentleman by the name of Abraham. And so as we look at the powerful book of Genesis, keep in mind, from the beginning, creation screams to us, God is good. And yet we find that there, God has an enemy called Satan who doesn't, he doesn't love God and he doesn't love anything God does. And so even though creation screams and yells to us, God is good, the devil's message is, is he really good? And that's a message he continues to try to encourage and communicate throughout the word of God, encouraging mankind to always question the goodness of God, the grace of God, and the mercy of God. Yet as we read and meditate on the word of God, we, we see that the word of God teaches us that the answer to the question, uh, is God good? Yes, he is wonderfully far beyond our ability to fully comprehend. Father, thank you again for the wisdom, the grace, and the power that we find in this wonderful book called Genesis. Thank you for the truths we learn as we take time to read and meditate on it. Help us, Lord, to become much more faithful hearers and doers of your word. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I want to share an additional article entitled Genesis Introduction to the Book of Answers. And as I share the article, keep in mind, again, once again, it's a reference tool for you to use, but it has further insight to remind us of some of the insights and the, the grace found in the book of Genesis. Again, Genesis, introduction to the book of Answers. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. And then 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 to 17. And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 15 to 17. Genesis is a wonderful, powerful, and supernatural book. It's the introductory book to the Word of God. Therefore, it's the book that begins to answer our questions about God. One might ask, in what way is the Bible, the written word of God, the book of answers? In life, people ask many questions about, about life, real questions that they wish to get answers for. Questions such as, where did we come from? Who created us? Who created the world? Who created the universe? What is the purpose of life? What is my individual purpose? 
These are only a few of many legitimate questions that people often ask. If you were to ask many scientists today in our culture, what are, some of the, what are some of your main goals and what is your purpose in studying science? Many scientists would respond, we're trying to find out who we are and where we came from. Yet it's God's word that gives us answers to all of these questions. From Genesis chapter 1 all the way to chapter 22, the final chapter in the book of Revelation, the Word of God has answers, many, many answers that human beings ask. What else would we expect from a book authored by the creator of the universe? He, of course, has answers that no one else even begins to have. To to respond to the question, where did we come from and who created us? We were created by and we come from God, Genesis chapters 1 and 2. The question, who created the world? God did, as Genesis chapter 1 answers. Who created the universe? God did, as Genesis 1 also answers. What is the purpose of life? To know and serve God, as Genesis chapters 1 and 2 draw out for us. What is my individual purpose? To know and serve God. Genesis chapters 1 and 2 and Matthew 6, 33 tell us. How did sin come into the world? Well, the answer, of course, the devil tempted man to sin, who gave into the temptation and rebelled against God, as Genesis chapter 3 tells us. Who is Jesus Christ? He's the Son of God who came to take away the sin of the world, as John chapter 1, verse 29 lets us know. How did God provide a remedy for the problem of sin? He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to live and to die on the cross to pay for our sins, who then rose from the dead, providing a way for us to be saved, as John 3.16 illustrates and teaches us. What will happen in the world during the end times. The books of Daniel and of Revelation give us insights about things that will happen in the end times of our age. If you haven't already, if you aren't already in the habit of reading the Word of God every day, today is a great day to start that important habit. Reading three chapters in the Bible every day is a great growth goal for any believer. So for anyone who will embark upon the journey to start reading the Word of God daily, Beginning in the book of Genesis can be a very wise thing to do. Today is the day you may begin to receive answers to some of your biggest questions in life as you start that journey. Again, the title of this article is Genesis, Introduction to the Book of Answers. Father, again, we thank you for the wonderful and unique gift the book of Genesis is. Thank you again for the power, the wisdom, and grace found throughout this book. Thank you for the insights and the truths we learn as we learn about different individuals in the Word of God, as we learn about persons like Abraham and Sarah, as we learn about Isaac and Jacob, as we learn about Jacob and his 12 sons, and as we learn about people who hear your Word and choose to obey it or not. Lord, help us to be wise enough to be people that consume your Word every day, believers that spend time in your Word every day, and help us to be wise enough to be believers who trust your Word, obey you and follow you every day as well. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we look today at the topic, Genesis, the book of beginnings. We'll be right back.
music from Elevation Worship with O Sing. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Today we're looking at the topic, Genesis, the Book of Beginnings. And keep in mind, amongst other things, one of our goals of the broadcast today is to help, well, to be a vessel through which the Holy Spirit can reach and set you on fire afresh with a desire to fill your heart and your mind with the wonderful Word of God. And the book of Genesis, again, is the book God used to introduce the whole Word of God to us. Again, a powerful book with lots of insight, wisdom, and grace within it. As I mentioned earlier, there are four key characters in the book of Genesis, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. And as we uh, began the broadcast, I read Genesis chapter 12, which is the chapter that largely introduces us to Abraham. Amongst other things, Abraham is known as the father of faith. And remember this, an important truth to remember is that from Genesis to Revelation, the whole Bible, amongst other things, is a book of faith. And God's Word lets us know in Hebrews chapter 11 that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So a critically important truth for us to know as we read throughout God's Word from Genesis to Revelation is that if you want to please God, you have to move and live a life and lifestyle of faith, trusting God, hearing His Word, and trusting and obeying His Word as well. So looking in Hebrews chapter 11, the chapter that does remind us of that truth that without faith it's impossible to believe Him, uh, we're going to read from Hebrews chapter 11. And I want you to note this too. Interesting thing about Hebrews chapter 11, it focuses on the lives of people of faith from the Old Testament. But verses 1 through 23, more than half of that chapter are devoted to individuals from the book of Genesis. Now you might think, well, why is so much effort and energy given to people in the book of Genesis? Well, that might be one of those questions you need to ask, you'll need to ask the Lord when you get to heaven. But apparently, faith is very important, and Genesis is a mighty and a powerful book of faith to look at as we consider that truth here as well. So Hebrews 11, beginning at verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away, so that he did not see death, and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man 
and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the sea shore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said in Isaac, your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. Verses 1 through 22, Hebrews chapter 11. Now keep in mind, verse 23 to the rest of the chapter, well, verse 23 picks up talking about Moses, and of course we learn about Moses in the book of Exodus. But again, fascinating to recognize that the first 22 verses contain individuals from the book of Genesis. But a critically important truth for us to be mindful of is that God's word makes it clear, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So there are some very important faith lessons, obviously, in the book of Genesis, but you find faith lessons about following God from, uh, well, throughout the rest of the Bible as well, again, from Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation. It's important to know that God wants us to know that he calls us to hear his word, to believe his word, and to act on his word as well. Every believer, if you desire to please God, you must be a person who's walking in faith. Father, more and more open our eyes to see how critically important it is for us to be a people that are hearing your word and obeying your word. You let us know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Help us to recognize that if we want to build our faith strong, we're all called to be diligent students of your word, believers who read and meditate on your word consistently. Thank you for that opportunity. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. And let me say in the way of encouragement to parents in particular, Genesis is such a wonderful and a powerful book to use in discipling our children. You know, it's I mentioned it's wise for us, and I would encourage you to often read Genesis chapter 1. But also keep in mind, I would encourage you, parents, often have your children to read Genesis chapter 1, and then allow them to ask questions and make comments, whatever that comes to their mind, because often the Holy Spirit will deal wonderfully and do wonderful work in the hearts and the minds of children who spend time reading and thinking on the wonders of Genesis chapter 1, actually chapters 1 and Genesis chapter 2 as well. And so parents, having your children to read it often, and again, keep in mind, it's, it's good, obviously, it's nice and it's a good thing, a fruitful thing when parents will read to their children. But remember, when your child reads out loud to you, many times they will get more out of the reading. Because remember, sometimes when dad and mom, when you're reading to them, they might be daydreaming, they might be dozing. But when they're reading, they have to be engaged. 
and the Word of God is engaging them. So having the children read the, do the reading to you, Dad and Mom, is a wise thing to do. But not only Genesis chapters 1 and 2, just throughout the book of Genesis, powerful truths and insights found from the book. Keep in mind, of course, we, as we learn about Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and the things he did, in that one introductory chapter, we find that he's a great man of faith who trusted God, packed up and moved his family to the promised land. But on the other hand, we see Abraham in his humanness and in his human weakness, failing to trust God as well and doing something that, to be quite honest, was kind of embarrassing for Abraham. He uh, just wasn't truthful about his wife and said she was his sister. And of course, she was his half sister. But the fact is, that was not a very honorable thing to do. But he Fail to trust God there. And how often we can see Abraham, see what Abraham does, sometimes see him in our own actions. In some instances, we trust God, but in some instances, we have failed to trust God as well. And so we don't see perfection in so many of the, the individuals we find in Scripture, but we see people who in some way or another learn to trust God, but at the same time, they fell down and made mistakes too. So, but also Abraham, his son Isaac is born, and we see too where Isaac had a unique struggle between his his twin boys, uh, Jacob and Esau, and both of them wanted his blessing. And so a powerful and a very interesting story to read about that in Genesis as well. And then, of course, Jacob and his 12 sons, and we find that his 12 sons, uh, Jacob makes the mistake of deciding that he has a favorite son, Joseph, and he gives him the coat of many colors. And his brothers become jealous and uh, consider killing him, decide not to kill him, but they sell him off to slavery. But we see God's grace and mercy mightily upon Joseph's life to where though he's sold off by his own brothers into slavery, God is with him. Joseph keeps his faith and trust in God. Joseph goes to Egypt as a slave and God raises him up from being a slave all the way to be the prime minister of Egypt one day. And God uses Joseph to provide for his family who comes to Egypt looking for food. And eventually when his brothers realize this is their brother who's the prime minister, they're afraid for their lives. But Joseph demonstrates great forgiveness as he forgives his brother. And he has, he's, has God's grace on him and he's wise enough to say, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. And so we see faith wonderfully at work throughout these powerful insights and stories. And we see forgive the love of Jesus and forgiveness, the forgiveness of Joseph for his brothers after all they did to him. And we see the, the heart of Jesus coming through time and time again as we're listening to the insights and the wisdom of these powerful stories found throughout the book of Genesis. So again, parents, Genesis is a powerful, powerful book for you to take time to have your children read with you and talk and study and discuss insights and truths about all of life as you uh, go through this wonderful book with your children. Parents, taking the time to do a lot of discipleship in the book of Genesis is just a wise thing for each and every one of us to do. Hope that you'll take time to do that. Again, Father, thank you for the wonderful gift of the book of Genesis, the wisdom, the power, the grace, the insight that's found there. More and more, Lord, help us to be wise enough to spend much time listening to your wisdom, drawing on your counsel, your insight, your encouragement found in this precious and blessed book. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you are listening today 
and you've never invited Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, this is a great day to make that step. Remember, in all of life, the single most important decision we can make is the decision to choose to fully commit our hearts and our lives to Jesus Christ. If you'd like to make that step, would you simply from your heart pray this prayer with me right now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into the world a very long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and I've done wrong against you in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, right now, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much are wanting to be in touch with you. Once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Please email us. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that are going to help you to begin to grow and grow up strong and vibrant in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We definitely want to hear from you. Again, joseph at afr.net. Or if you're wanting to get copies of the Articles we shared early again, and we're encouraging you, please do email us. We're glad to share them with you. The first article was entitled, What If God Wrote a Book? And the second article was simply entitled, Genesis, Introduction to the Book of Answers. If you'd like one or both of these articles, again, we're glad to share them with you. Simply email email me at joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to get them to you. And again, our encouragement to you is use them for your, your own discipleship, for you and your family's discipleship, but forward them, share with them, family, co-workers, saved and unsaved people, fellow church members, whoever God lays on your heart to share them with, and that way we can be fellow workers in the vineyard of the Lord. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.